Hey, hey, you guys, welcome to episode 26. I'm so glad you're here. Today, you guys, we're diving into three tangible ways to stay motivated, inspired, and to have fuel for your journey no matter what circumstances, no matter what you're walking through. I'm also, uh, today is the first day where my spiritual intention framework is available, and so I'm going to dive into that as well. And, you know, grab a piece of paper and pen for this one. I'm giving away a ton of tacticals for you to actually implement into your own lives to have that those intentions to encounter God's love and His grace and His goodness tangibly, like each day. And so I hope this episode blesses you. Let's dig in. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited. It's finally here. I've been working on a course called the Spiritual Intentions Framework. It's 12 foundational principles to spiritual growth when all else fails. The Spiritual Intention Framework, you guys, it's here to help us create these foundational practices that we need no matter where we are in our life, no matter what disappointment, what tragedy, what grief, what loss. It's growing with God. It's hearing from God and growing closer to Him through these simple practices. You guys, if you're feeling stuck or frustrated, uninspired, lonely, or even far from God, maybe you're struggling with your confidence in prayer. You don't even know what to pray or when to pray. Maybe you just want someone to walk you through these spiritual growth practices. You guys, that's why I created this course. I've been doing them for years. These 12 foundational principles have literally been the foundation for my growth with the Lord. Okay, so what's inside the course? There's 12 audio sessions. It's completely audio. You can do it on the run. You can do it in your car. You can do it while doing laundry. But one of my favorite sessions is do the next right thing. Do the next right thing is a recovery term that people have used for years and years, but it's just helping us when we're in those moments of distress, when we're like swallowed up by grief. What's the next thing that we're going to do to help us get out of that moment? What's the next thing we're going to do to hear from God? You guys, there's downloadable worksheets for these sessions. And with Do the Next Right Thing, we're going to walk through what those things are. We're going to talk about prayer and scriptures, meditation, spoiler, meditation's biblical. We're going to talk about biblical meditation, how to do it, when to do it, why to do it. We're going to talk about community, the importance of community. And I just want to pause. I want to say, if you have community wounds, you guys, we dive into that. We dive into the hard stuff and we help figure out how to still build community, even when there's hard things that have happened within community, because I believe you can only heal community wounds in community. You guys, there's so much more. We're going to talk about radical acceptance. What does that mean? Surrender. We're going to learn about all these big theological things, but in very simple, amazing, fun ways. We're going to talk about scriptures and prayer, physical well-being. Physical well-being doesn't mean just exercise. We're going to talk about our holistic being, our whole body, minds, hearts, spirits, all of that, guys. We're going to talk about journaling, purpose and meaning, what you're calling on this planet. We're going to talk about worship music, Sabbath, rest, self-care, all of that, and so much more. You guys, I'm so jazzed. This is fun. You guys, it doesn't need to be dry and boring. Some of them are spiritual disciplines that are ancient practices. They've been around literally thousands of years. You guys, we can encounter God's goodness and His grace no matter what you're walking through. Jesus wants to encounter you. He wants to draw close to you. And so these practices will help you find a rhythm. We'll walk through a morning routine. And if morning's not your jam, it's okay. We'll find ways for you to build it into your busy life, to your overwhelmed life. It's okay. Even five minutes a day can be a game changer with these things. So what do you do if you want to sign up? You go to dannysumner.com forward slash spiritual intentions framework. The link will be in the show notes. 
And if you sign up between now and March 13th, scratch that, not the 13th, the 18th. If you sign up between now and March 18th, I'm throwing in a couple of group coaching calls. We're gonna keep these coaching calls small so that we have time to interact. You can ask me questions. We can dive into these intentions together to help you build a plan as you walk through it. You guys, I'm so jazzed. I can't wait to walk through this with you. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Hey, hey, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. You guys, this is episode 26, and I'm super stoked. I'm super stoked for like so many reasons today, but I'm really excited because that course that I had been working on for months, forever, it feels like, is done. It's packaged. It's ready to go. I'm going to tell you guys about it today in part of the episode, but oh my gosh, I'm so relieved. Yeah, I just, I'm so relieved my heart. I could cry. I'm not going to cry because I can't cry. I have a hard time crying, but I could cry. If I could cry easily, this would be one of those moments, a crying of celebration. (laughs) Anyways, okay. I got to tell you a couple funny stories that happened this week just because I like to laugh and I hope these make you laugh. And I was having a rough day today. And um, when I'm having a rough day, sometimes I'll go on YouTube and I'll Google a comedian just to get my, I'll kind of laugh and it, it just helps. It lightens my mood. And so anyways, if you're having a rough day, I hope that these funny stories lighten your mood and make you laugh. So, well, <laughs> the first one is not really funny. It's kind of sad, Danny move, but several months ago was my birthday or a few months ago was my birthday, I should say. And <laughs> I never went on social media to thank everybody who, you know how people put happy birthday on your Facebook wall. Well, I've been like kind of on a distant relationship with social media the last several months just because I have a toxic relationship with social media. And so, and I'm ridding myself of all toxic relationships. (laughs) And so it's not social media's fault. It's my fault. Anyways, all that to say, I'm I'm a big fan. I think social media can be used in like amazing ways. That was my little plug for social media. But I went on and I wrote like this post, just thank you so much for all the birthday love. Oh my gosh, I posted a picture of my family from our trip a couple weeks ago and and just all of that. Well, then like 60 people wrote, happy birthday, Danny. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Mr. Birthday. And when they didn't really miss my birthday, it's just, it was months ago and you'd already wished me happy birthday. And so, but then I was in this conundrum, like, do I go back on and do I clarify that it's not my birthday, that I just, you know, haven't been on social media? Anyways, there it is. So if you wished me happy birthday again this year, thank you. I'm really excited. I guess it's my birthday all year long. That was just my little, I pulled the Danny on that one. There you go. Okay. Second story. I just finished wrapping up all the details, all the sessions for the spiritual intentions framework course that is literally launching like today. Okay. So one of the sessions in the spiritual intentions framework is on meditation and how 
biblical meditation, you know, like meditation is absolutely biblical and, and I love it and all that. I teach a whole session on it in this framework thing. And here's the irony of all of this. Okay. So literally yesterday I celebrated my wrapping up this spiritual intentions framework. I had booked myself a massage for yesterday because I knew I was going to be done yesterday or I hope to God I was done yesterday and I wanted to celebrate and go spoil myself and get a massage. So literally I fit, wrapped it up in the morning. I kid you not. It was like 8:30 in the morning when I did the final little thing on it and did some stuff, did some more work stuff. And then I had a massage at one o'clock. The time doesn't really matter. Here's the irony of all of this. I lay down on the table and the lady's super nice, super, super great lady. And we're in the middle of the massage and she's like, Danny, like, have you ever thought of meditation? <laughs> have you ever thought of doing meditation? And I didn't want to get into like this whole thing about like, yeah, actually I've been practicing it for 10 years, yada, yada. And so I just said, oh yeah. And she goes, I want to teach you some meditations because you carry such stress in your head and in your jaw and in your neck. And there's some meditations you can do and it will literally wash it all away. And so I really want to encourage you to start meditating. And you guys, I just couldn't help but giggle because I'm like, oh my gosh, the irony of like, I'm creating this course. I'm trying to help people learn all these different spiritual practices. And then this lady calls me on it like, hey, you need to meditate. And so anyways, I did, I actually meditated this morning for a bit and it really helps just lift my heart and my head and and it's not like new agey meditation I know some people are like scared of meditation but it just it made me laugh because I'm like oh that's just the irony like I'm trying to create this course and then this lady's like you should meditate and I'm like ah I love meditation so I don't know if that made you laugh but it sounded way funnier in my head. All right, here we go. Let's dive into the content. Three ways to stay motivated, inspired, and fuel for your journey. I want to touch on three main points, and they all go together. So I'm going to, in typical Danny fashion, ADHD, and go back and forth and around and around and talk about all three kind of at the same time. I am not linear at all. I am like a bowl of spaghetti, okay? Let's talk about the three points. I'm going to say all three, and then we'll dive in. But the three ways to stay motivated, inspired, and to have fuel for your journey, no matter what you're going through, no matter what emotions you're wrestling through, no matter what you know season you're in spiritually, no matter what season you're in, you know, just circumstances that like have control over your heart and your mind right now, like no matter what you're doing, how can we continually stay motivated to show up for our lives? How can we continue to stay inspired to show up for our lives? And how can we have fuel for our journey so that we're not just bitter and resentful and angry all the time. How can we actually show up in love and in grace and in, in community and in patience and, and all that sort of stuff? And so here are the three things I want to talk about, and then we're going to dive in. Number one, connection. Number two, plan. And number three, and rhythm. So let's unpack connection first. I think key to all of this is to have a connection with God. You guys, it's like this deeper Holy Spirit connection within our hearts. And how do you continually stay connected when circumstances are trying to unconnect us over and over again, right? So I think we need to stay connected with God, connected with ourselves, and connected with others. Okay, well, let's unpack all of that, okay? The only way I know how to really stay intentional with God and with, and even intentional with myself, like, let me just break that down a little bit more. Staying connected with myself you guys, when I'm in anxiety, I am not connected with myself. In fact, I'm the very opposite of connected 
with myself, right? And the whole goal is to, like God gave us ourselves to steward, to walk through this life with. Well, if we're stuck in fear or anxiety or even shame about our past or despair, we are not in the present moment. And I know it sounds kind of cliche, but how do we stay grounded and in the present moment so we can be connected with who we are right in this moment, right? You guys, we're transforming, we're changing literally from day to day. I say stuff a week later where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've grown from a week ago emotionally or spiritually or even mentally. Like there's just, I have more knowledge. I was naive to today from where I was a week ago. I hope that makes sense. But my whole point in this, like how do we stay connected? And I believe that staying connected with ourselves and with the Lord and with even community, it's so vital for our spiritual growth and for it to stay motivated and inspired, right? Well, how do you do that? For me, there's all these different spiritual practices, and that's one of the reasons why I created the Spiritual Intentions Framework, right? There's all these practices. I actually have a dozen of practices in there, and then a bunch of things within each of those practices, right? So like I have one session on physical well-being. Well, (laughs) physical well-being is not all about our physical exercise, right? That's one component, but there's like eight or nine different ways to take care of our physical well-being. There's different things that we can do, right? Even having boundaries with other people is part of taking care of our physical well-being. And you guys, being able to look at ourselves from a holistic viewpoint, we are not only spiritual beings, but we are also not only mental beings, and we are also not just physical beings. We have to take care of ourselves in a holistic way because Our spiritual being affects our physical being. Our physical being affects our emotions and our emotions affect our spiritual health and all of that. And so how do we take care of ourselves in a holistic way? So that's, that's why the session on physical well-being is in there. And how do we break that down? And I'm going to tell you a quick story. This morning, I was having an emotional rough day. Okay. Like, let me just tell you, I honestly haven't felt this crummy in months. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know. There's like a whole bunch of reasons I could blame on it, but it didn't matter. I got right to work on my spiritual intentions. I got right to work on pulling myself up and out of these emotions so that I could live a joyful, hope-filled, peace-filled day, right? And I didn't just bleed my anxiety onto people, especially my husband or my kids, or I didn't, you know, I'm frustrated and I'm kind of right, rightfully angry about some things, but being rightfully angry about some things does not give us permission to like lash out in anger or in rage, right? And so like being able to be both angry and calm and collected is a, it's a practice and it's a process. And I believe you guys, as we pursue Jesus and as we're pursuing wholeness within ourselves, you guys, right, we're training our souls, we're training our hearts and we're training our minds to live whole and healthy and balanced and steady lives, right? But when circumstances come at you, it's hard to not be reactive, right? We're supposed to be healthy and be responsive. Well, how do you do that? You guys, it's not overnight magic, but I feel like sometimes it can be almost magical within the process, right? So life's a process. I believe that growing out of old ways is a process, right? So what do I do when I get triggered? I fall back on these 12 practices. And so this morning when I was on my little spinoff, I got right to work. I, I got in motion. So I went on a little walk. 
I did some meditation. I did some prayer. I reached out to a friend for prayer and just to connect and to check in on them because I know when I get outside of myself and I can check in on someone else, that also helps me when I'm having one of those times. And the other thing I did, which we talk about in the spiritual intentions framework, is a polar plunge. So I don't know if that's new to you or not, but I've been doing it for about a year now and it has been a game changer. At the end of every shower, I turn on the cold water for anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes. You guys, it has just totally transformed my emotions. It's moved the needle probably 10% for me, literally, to get my head out of whatever muck I'm spinning on. And it gets me back into the present moment. The first eight seconds are the hardest. (laughs) The first breath is the hardest because the water is cold. But then after that, it snaps me out of it, right? And so these are all little tips and tricks and practices that we can do to help ourselves, right? Because when we're in a moment of anxiety or fear or shame or depression, you guys, our go-to typically are not healthy coping mechanisms. And I mean, for me, I want to have coping. I want to have coping. I want to have healthy coping mechanisms. I don't want to just Netflix binge or, you know, binge on food or, and I don't, you know, some other coping mechanisms are, you know, I think, you know, raging or being angry with someone is going to help me feel better. It never does. Like whenever I handle a situation more calmly and more collected and more respond with more grace and compassion, I always feel better about myself. And then the person feels better as well. So we're not in this this harsh dynamic. So there's all these things, right? And so as we're, we're trying to catch ourselves as we walk through life, I wanted to ask you, what are your fallback practices when you're struggling, when you're in the muck, when you're in the mire? And let me just tell you, you guys, There's so much going on in the world right now. I don't know how anyone is not struggling. I mean, even if they're not watching the news, people around us, it's just an intense season, right? And I know we're supposed to be inside out beings. And what I mean by that is we're supposed to live from the inside out, right? So we have like Jesus, the Holy Spirit within us. And then, you know, then we bring that love and that grace and that compassion to the world, which is beautiful and wonderful. But the reality is, most of the time we're outside in beings, right? So like circumstances affect our internal world, right? This is why we have to wrestle so hard to not allow circumstances and people to rock our boats within us, right? Because the reality is there's a bunch of stuff that wants to rock us from the outside in all day long. How do we guard our hearts and guard our minds and guard our souls so that we can still have joy and and relative peace, no matter what the circumstances are. I mean, that's what I am after. And that's been the journey I've been on for a decade of like actively pursuing peace and joy and hope and purpose, no matter what the circumstances are, right? Because I believe that is the goal of life. I mean, Jesus can heal us in an instant from things and I believe in it. But I know more times than not, it's the process where God heals us. There's a story in Luke 17 where some lepers, there were 10 lepers that came to Jesus and said, would you heal us? Basically, they yelled out to him and he said, go head to the priest. Um, and the scripture says that as the 10 men were going, they were healed. And I love this scripture for two reasons. But number one, as the 10 men were going, they did it collectively. You guys were, were not made to walk this world alone. And 
if you've been hurt or you've had hurt relationships, it's really hard to be vulnerable. So like be super gracious with yourself. But I just want to pray that God would open the door and open your heart and mind and open others' hearts and minds so that you can have deep, meaningful, vulnerable relationships where people could steward those places in you that are that are hurt or hurting and, and all of that. So I love it that we're meant to do this world together. And I love that as they were on their journey, as they were going, they were healed. That means that gives us permission to like be in the process of healing, right? And just because we're in the process doesn't mean that God has forsaken us or forgotten us or, or any of that, right? Like it, literally some of us won't get full healing until we're in heaven. And I I am okay with that. And I'm wholeheartedly so grateful to Jesus for the process of life and the process of healing. I, you know, a couple nights ago, Actually, I'd heard this video, you know, and he did it wholeheartedly and he really did it. He meant it with good intention, but I feel like sometimes when people say things, they can come across insensitive. And he said, depression has to flee by the name of Jesus. And like the whole crowd, you know, cheered for him and cheered for that sentence. And that's beautiful and it's wonderful. But what is that? Where does that leave us who still struggle at times with depression? Because I still struggle at times with depression. And I'll tell you what. I know for sure God has not left me. I know for sure God has not forsaken me. I've seen him tangibly. I see him tangibly in my life showing up. And so when someone says something like that, and I know it's to build faith and and all of that, but I do believe it can be harmful, right? And that if we buy into that, if I were to listen to that gentleman and buy into that story that by the name of Jesus, depression has to flee, then it's like, well, I'd start doubting my own faith. Like, well, I'm doing it wrong or... I must not surely believe in Jesus because he's not healing me or I'm not, I must be doing something wrong. When the reality is no, if you're showing up to your life, you're pursuing Jesus, you're trying to find wholeness, you're trying to, you know, live in his grace and his love and, and all of that and share his goodness and love with others around you just by being who you are. You're showing up, you're doing it. He has not forsaken you, has not forgotten you, right? But I believe when we buy into some of these narratives out there, it can be very harmful to our souls. Now, let me just say really quick, because I want to make sure this is clear. I have huge faith and I believe in healing and I believe in the radical healing touch of Jesus. I just know more times than not when we live completely sold out in that in that viewpoint when things don't happen we get super disillusioned we get super disappointed and then we start doubting god we start doubting our faith and all of that and we don't need any more doubt we don't need it like the world throws enough at us and so i'm like full on for healing but i'm also full on for the process of healing and so i just felt like i needed to say that so back to circling back to the three ways to stay motivated, inspired, and fueled for the journey, right? So we're connection with God, finding those principles and those practices that we can actually actively stay connected to God each day, finding those practices that we can stay connected within ourselves and not be off in anxiety or fear or anything like that. And then practices to stay connected with others. The, my point too is plan, like being actually intentional. Like what are your fallback practices? What are the things that help you? Earlier, I told you a couple that helped me, right? I jump into meditation, I go on a walk, I did my polar plunge, I reached out to a friend. Like these are all practices that I'm super intentional with, especially when I'm struggling. Like, let me tell you, when I'm having a good day, I'm probably a little bit more lax on my spiritual practices than when I'm having a rough day, sadly. And I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. (laughs) I should be just as intentional on the good days as I am on the rough days. But one of the reasons why I am so intentional on the rough days is because I've seen these spiritual 
uh, intentions, like pull me out of the muck and out of the mire and actually begin to find joy and hope and peace no matter what's going on. And then a rhythm, a routine. What do you do when you get triggered? I fall right back into my rhythm and my routine. I fall right back into one of these 12 practices. And it's hilarious, but there are days when I'm struggling or when I have struggled where I literally just wash, rinse, and repeat, do this 12 practices over and over again. And yes, in the middle of it, I'm making sandwiches for my family. I'm making business calls. I'm being a productive citizen. Like It's not like I'm just sitting there like a monk practicing these 12 practices. I've built them into the fabric of my life. And that's why it's helped me. I mean, I've sat in the parking lot waiting for my kids, set up a prayer, and then did a two-minute meditation that I was actually able to be present in the moment and joyful with my children, even though I had had a rough day, for whatever reason, giving you a random example. But, you know, there's ways to build these practices into the foundation of our lives. You guys, if your soul is just stirring for more, or you've got this like nagging gut restlessness, and you just, you know, there's more peace, you know, there's more joy, you know, you want to have a deeper, richer inner life. If that appeals to you, you know, these spiritual practices, they've been around for thousands of years. They're almost like the secret sauce, right? They are just so important and they, they're not boring. I mean, they can be, it depends on how you do them, but they can be fun. And as you build them into your day, you begin to see the fruit from it. You begin to see that you have more bandwidth. You begin to see that your capacity all of a sudden is a little bit more and you have peace in areas where you didn't have peace before. And, and, and you guys, it's not magic, but I'm telling you, I've said it before, but it's, it can be magical to have that experience and to have that constant connection with God and to encounter him and his goodness and his love and, and acceptance and, and all of that. It's just, it's a very powerful thing when you begin to build in these spiritual practices. Because I'll tell you what, we're all practicing something anyways, right? So when you're struggling, if you're going to binge on YouTube or go to binge on Netflix or you're reactive and not responsive and you're lashing out or um, you're just even burying yourself in reading, like some people are addicted to reading and because they're escaping whatever the hard feelings are, whatever the hard emotions are, right? And it's like these spiritual practices, these spiritual intention practices, they help us to move through whatever emotions, move through whatever hard situations, and still find, you know, hope and peace and joy, even through the muck and the mire, right? It's not about being teleported out of situations or out of our emotions or out of our struggles, right? When so much of the time we try to escape these feelings, and that's why we do things that are not always helpful, right? Like I just, some of these spiritual intentions, they're just helpful tools. And I just want to say, if you are binging on YouTube or Netflix, or you're doing things that you know are not helpful to your heart and to your soul and to your mind, like no condemnation. You guys, life can be so difficult, especially when we're wrestling with hard emotions and hard situations. So I just wanted to just ask you (laughs) to please be compassionate with yourself. Like there is no condemnation. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, my coping mechanisms suck. And I'm doing a whole bunch of things that are not helping, right? Like just pause and just give, acknowledge that you're in a rough season, acknowledge that your emotions are intense and acknowledge that, Hey, maybe there are 
things that can actually help me and I can exchange some negative coping mechanisms with some more positive coping mechanisms where I can actually experience some more peace and joy and and all of that. So I just wanted to just say, man, no condemnation. I am not judging you. Please don't judge yourself. If we all have things we need to exchange, like we all, I can look at my day right now, even though I practice these things on a regular basis, there are still things that I wish were different. But you guys, that's where I'm growing in grace and growing in understanding for myself and allowing the process to take hold of me and to allow God to heal me one moment at a time. And I believe part of that is learning to walk in his grace for myself. And so if I could just encourage you with anything, if you're like, oh my gosh, my coping mechanisms stink, man, find compassion for yourself, find deep understanding, and then move the needle, change a few things here and there, but do it out of love and out of grace and out of compassion. You guys, the world's on fire and you know, maybe your emotions are on fire. Maybe your circumstances are on fire. So I just know that it's much easier to change things when we're come from a heart of compassion and grace, especially for ourselves. So I just wanted to throw that in. Maybe you're not binging on anything, but maybe you're just white knuckling it and you're just feeling miserable these practices are ways to lift the misery. Sometimes it is okay just to veg on Netflix and it is okay just to veg on YouTube and and it is okay just to have a bowl of ice cream. Like all of these things are, are okay. It's just when we use them as medicators, that's when we really want to start facing these things and be able to unpack why, what. And honestly, you can replace some of these you know, negative habits with more positive spiritual intentions. And so that's why I created the course. I'll be honest with you, I've used these practices for about a decade and the last about five years, every retreat I've gone on, every retreat that I've led, I should say, I, at the end of the retreat, I go through these 12 principles and these 12 practices. Here's the reality. When we're on the mountain, we have the experience of the retreat. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. But then you go home and you're like, how do I sustain this breakthrough, right? How do I sustain, you know, where I'm at spiritually with the Lord? Well, the only way I know how to do it is through these practices. Some of them are spiritual disciplines that have been around for literally thousands of years. I mean, I didn't invent any of this stuff. So let me just start right there. I just packaged it in such a way that speaks to my heart and that has spoken to my heart for a decade and that I know that works for people because I've walked people through these practices literally for years now. And so that's what they're at. But we're going to dive into so much. We're going to dive into dive into prayer and meditation and different types of prayer. Like there's, I believe there's fundamentally two types of prayer. It's contending and surrender prayer and, and how and when do you do which prayer, that kind of thing. Prayer is, it can be intimidating for some people. So it's like helping people pray and just connect with God, right? And not overthink it. There's a session on do the next right thing, which is actually a recovery term. It's actually probably the the like focal point of this whole process of like making sure that we're doing the next right thing. We're doing the next productive, helpful thing to our soul. And, you know, and I'll segue right into one of the sessions is on Sabbath and self-care because do the next right thing is not always about being active. Sometimes the best thing we can do for our soul is to rest. There's a session on radical acceptance. And what does that mean? Making friends, quote unquote, within with the enemies within, like how do we navigate the times when we don't experience the healing or we're sitting in pain or anxiety or fear or depression, like radical acceptance and surrender. That's what I believe in recovery groups. They're always like surrender to God. You know, even in churches that we'll talk about like surrender, but this session actually unpacks how do you surrender? Because for years for me, it was like 
people would say, surrender that to the Lord. Well, okay, awesome. How, how somebody teach me how to surrender, right? And it's a one day at a time process. People would say, do the next right thing. You know, and I'd be like, well, what is the next right thing? And you know, your next right thing might be different than my next right thing. So in that do the next right thing session, we're going to actually, there's downloadable worksheets for you to actually do the work to figure out your list of 10 next right things. So when you're in a moment, you can actually pull from that list that actually feeds your soul, right? Because my list might not feed your soul. You might look at my list and be like, holy moly, I don't want to live that. I don't want to do those things, right? So there's more. We're going to dive into scriptures and how do you unpack scripture? How do you personalize scripture? How do you pray scripture? We're going to talk about community, which is just one of my favorite sessions because community has literally been the healing bomb of the Holy Spirit to my heart. And I believe that we are made for community, but I also know if we've been hurt in community, it feels so hard and it feels almost impossible to get back into relationship and vulnerability in community. So we're going to unpack that. We're going to navigate how to find safe relationships and what the different, there's three different levels of community that we all need. Um, and we're going to unpack all of that. There's a session on physical well-being, which I kind of already went into because uh, I mentioned about my polar plunge. That's part of the physical well-being is like, what are the things physically that you can do for yourself that help you spiritually, emotionally, physically, all that sort of stuff. Boundaries, right? Who would have thought boundaries with hurtful people in your life is a way to take care of our bodies, but it absolutely is. So we're going to unpack so much. There's a session on journaling, which I know some people are like, skip it. I'm not going to do journaling, but there's this thing called the brain dump. I do it every morning, anywhere from two to 12 minutes of just brain dump. And I'm telling you, it clears out the cobwebs. You can literally do it in two minutes and it just sets you up for a phenomenal day. Well, a better day than you would have had if you didn't clear out the cobwebs, right? There's a session on perspective and gratitude and Within that, there's a quote book. It's called The Vault. It's a couple hundred quotes. It's literally 80 pages long of powerful quotes. You guys know I'm obsessed with quotes. And so I just, we created The Vault and it's this awesome ebook kind of thing. So there's a session on purpose and meaning, which is absolutely one of my favorite. It's, we're going to talk about uh, logo therapy and uh, Victor Frankl and how when we're in suffering, sometimes the best thing to do is to find our purpose and to that actually brings meaning to our suffering. And we're going to unpack that more. But uh, then there's another session on worship and music. And in that session, there's a couple of playlists, uh, both secular and worship music playlists on Spotify that come with that. There's so much more. We're, there's a bonus on finding your rhythm. Like, how do you find your rhythm? And what is your rhythm? I'm going to talk about my morning routine and kind of my routine, how I build these practices into the fabric of my life. So anyways, just wanted to tell you guys about that. So if you sign up by March 18th, we're going to actually do small, intimate uh, group coaching uh, Zoom calls. We're going to take an hour and we're going to unpack some of these practices more and you're going to have time to ask me questions and kind of dive into it more. We're going to keep those Zoom calls relatively small so everybody has a chance to get their questions answered. Again, that's if uh, that's kind of the early bird if you sign up by March 18th and then we'll send you that invite for that. Anyways, all that. I'm super jazzed. I just want to thank you for your guys' support with the podcast and with this course. It's been 
just on my heart, you know, and one of the things I wanted to say is if you're thinking about, you know, building your own spiritual practices in, but you're, you're questioning, you're like, man, I've tried building routines in, I've tried, you know, all of these, um, spiritual disciplines before, and they, they just haven't worked for me. I just wanted to encourage you, you guys, sometimes it just takes a moment. It just takes a fresh perspective to be able to build these things in you guys, this spiritual intentions framework, it's not another Bible study at all, right? These are just all practices that we can begin to unpack and implement in our lives and begin to practice throughout our day and throughout our week and throughout the months and years to come to help steady us, to help ground us in the Lord and to help us figure out our next right steps in life, right? So these spiritual practices honestly are my anchor. These are where I go to and what I fall back to literally every day. And so I just wanted to uh, encourage you in your own life. If you're like, no, I'm not disciplined enough to take on another thing like this. I'm not disciplined enough to even create some of these practices. You guys, it's <laughs> it has nothing to do with self-discipline, okay? Trust me, I am not the most self-disciplined person. All right? Actually, I am now. I'm much more self-disciplined. But when I started this process, I was not self-disciplined at all. Actually, I was off the charts undisciplined. I was off the charts lost and hurting and, and all of that. And these practices have, have begun to build a life that I can sustain and that I can live in and where I have constant connection with God. I have constant connection with community and I can walk confidently in who he has created me to be. And you guys, that is the game changer. That is what Jesus is after. He wants you to be confidently walking in who you are. And so I'd love for you to join me in the spiritual intentions framework. The link for it will be in the show notes, or you can go to www.dannysumner.com forward splash, forward splash, forward slash spiritual intentions framework. I'd love to have you join me, but I want to encourage you whether you join me or not, you guys be thinking about ways in which you can build in some practices and some rhythms in your life to really find peace and how can you practice it? And what's your go-to when you're triggered? What are your go-to things? So I wanted to encourage you Pick three things that speak to your heart that bless you, whether it's prayer, worship, music, journaling, perspective, gratitude, whatever those things are, community, pick those three things and be mindful of them the next time you're spinning off or the next time you just need some more peace or some more connection with God or or you're spinning off with yourself and you just need to be more grounded into who you are so your your gut can connect with the Holy Spirit and you can actually hear from God and what he's doing. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys as you're living your life and as you're trying to train your mind, your heart, and your soul to rest in his grace and in his love. You guys, Jesus wants to meet you. You're doing a great job that you're even showing up. I mean, there's just so much hurtful things going on in the world and you are actively showing up. You are actively trying to find his grace and rest on his love. And um, I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast if you weren't. And so that's how I know you are. I just wanted to just encourage you um, and just let you know that you are loved and you're important and that he created you not by mistake, but because you are valuable and he has something for your life. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you to be here. I'm so grateful for you journeying with me in this podcast process. I mean, I know I'm 26 episodes in, but I'm so jazzed for uh, what's coming. And so, and let me say a little prayer over you. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. God, I thank you for my friend. I pray, Lord, just your 
just your peace into their heart and into their mind. God, I pray, Lord, that they would just know deeply and richly that you've made them with a purpose. Lord, and whatever they're walking through, Father, would you meet them right where they're at, God? And would you just tap them on the shoulder and tap them on the heart and just embrace them with your warm love and your grace and your mercy? Bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, love you guys. See you next time. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth, please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.